Welcome back to West Bev. I'm Caitlin. I'm Ariel. And this is your Beverly Hills 90210 podcast, where we break down every episode of the 10-season show. Today, we've got Season 3, Episode 6. Oh, crap. Sorry. I was literally... <laughs> I was literally about to say sandcastles in the sand. (laughs) That's actually what I wrote down. I know. That's what I was reading it off of. (laughs) Um, Sorry. It's fine. We can just keep it going. Today we're talking about season three, episode six, Castles in the Sand. Mary, what happened this week? Not much, but from what I wrote down, apparently a lot. Dylan and Kelly wake up on the beach and argue some more about how they feel for each other and what they're going to tell Brenda they did this summer. Dylan gets super offended when Kelly implies they didn't bang so nothing really happened. He, for some reason, really wants her to acknowledge that they become more than good friends. While they're talking, Andrea appears with her beach campers to gather seashells for the sandcastle contest. Dylan zips... Kelly up into her sleeping bag and tells Andrea that his buddy Kevin partied a little too hard last night and gets her to take the kids somewhere else. Kelly tells Dylan that this thing really needs to be over now. Steve's short shorts are purple today. He and David argue about the arrangement of one of David's tracks. Brandon interrupts them to let them know they're throwing a welcome home party for Brenda. At the party, Brooke, who is also there for some reason, hangs a banner she printed off a computer on that paper with the little tearaway edges. At least we get a cute Stondria moment before Brandon introduces Brooke to Brenda, and Brooke literally says nothing. Brenda pulls Cindy and Jim into the kitchen to ask why Dylan isn't there. Jim has clearly missed fighting with her and tells her not to start. Cindy is pleased that France has seemed to make Brenda grow up. Kelly, David, and Donna arrive. Brenda goes up to her bathroom to smoke her last cigarette with Kelly. Brenda tells her about her Parisian rendezvous with that American boy and how close she was to going backpacking with him instead of coming home. She says her love for Dylan was the only thing that stopped her. Cindy invites Dylan to the party at the last minute and he shows up. Brenda is so excited to see him and Kelly looks so jealous. Brandon tells Brenda that there's a clam bake and a dance at the beach club tomorrow while vigorously rubbing Brooke's arms. Andrea tells her about the sandcastle contest. Everyone leaves and Brenda and Dylan go to the kitchen to quote unquote clean up. Brenda tells Dylan, or sorry, Brenda gives Dylan a gift and they tell each other they love each other in French. Brenda talks to Cindy and Jim and thanks them for inviting Dylan over and for sending her to Paris and she loves them again. Cindy says Jim also did some growing up this summer. <clears throat> Brandon and Brenda have their first twin talk in a really long time. Brandon confesses that he thinks there's something off about Brooke. Maybe it's because she's still here weeks after that volleyball thing ended, or hates homeless people, or won't say a single word to your sister. Brenda says the next time she goes to Paris, Brandon has to come. Brandon and Brooke team up to build a sand sculpture together, and Brooke gets mad when Brandon says he also has to do his job so he can't help that much. Then they make out on top of their sand pile. Dylan arrives to help Brenda and Donna build France. David and Kelly are supposed to come help too, but Kelly doesn't really want to go to the beach. David convinces her it's more suspicious to hide at home not doing things. Back on the beach, Brenda mentions Rick and lies to Dylan about who he is. When Brandon tries to leave to go do his work to prepare the clam bake, Brooke tells him to let Henry do it himself and, quote, earn his money for a change. Apparently, she believes that black people can't get fired. Blatant racism aside, Brandon forgives her when she says she didn't mean anything by it and just wants him to stay and make a sand boat with her. Brandon agrees to help or let her help shuck corn. 
While doing so, Brooke says about a hundred more racist things, and Brandon finally tells her that's not cool. But then she somehow turns it around by shouting she's a good person, and Brandon apologizes for hurting her feelings. Brandon tells Brooke they can save their relationship as long as he gets to ignore how she's very racist. They kiss and make up. Andrea interrupts to let Brandon know that Cameron ran away again. This time, he went to his mom. Cameron says he ran away because he loves Andrea and doesn't want to say goodbye when camp is over. Andrea promises that he's her special friend for life. The Taylor Silver family arrive to show off baby Aaron. Dylan lets it slip that he and Kelly babysat together this summer and then loggingly gazes at Kelly while she walks back to their cabana. Steve is still pretending to be David's manager even though he's really done nothing but be annoying. Steve tries to get Henry to let David play at the dance even though Henry's already hired a band. Steve pays the band Henry hired to not show up so he can get David his gig. David singing is a thing that happens and people apparently like it. Brenda asks Kelly if she saw much of Dylan over the summer because she has a feeling he was seeing someone else because he's been too nice to her since she's been back from France. Kelly lets Brenda believe she's just jealous and paranoid and promises she won't mention anything about this to Dylan. Andrea and the beach camp kids win the, win the amateur category for their sand sculpture of the Batmobile. Brooke gets mad. Then she says she doesn't understand why Andrea works at the beach club because she's Jewish and probably has a lot of money, which she apparently means as a compliment. Brandon explains that stereotypes are not accurate depictions of every person from any group of people and finally tells her to fuck off. Brenda and Dylan sit on the beach together, and Brenda comes clean about Rick. Dylan asks her, if summer asks her if her summer vacation is over, and she says yes. He says nothing about what he did with Kelly. Kelly talks to Brandon about their equally shitty ends to their summer. Brandon kisses her on the nose for some reason. The gang minus Kelly all sit together and talk about the school year ahead. Kelly walks alone on the beach where Dylan finds her. He tells her he's worried about her now that he's back with Brenda and kind of gets all sad that he can't be with both of them. Oh my god, I'm so glad that you said all of that because, like, I just feel like nothing actually happened and then you proved me very wrong. <laughs> I mean, stuff Everyone happened. sucked. Yeah, stuff happened. It just, like, it's I guess maybe pretty that's the thing. straightforward. Yeah, stuff happened. I just don't care. Yeah, nothing like, particularly good happens. It's all kind of bad. Yeah, because, I mean, like, Again, I didn't write a lot of notes, and all of my notes are just, like, angry or, like, why are they making out again? At the very beginning, we get a Brenda dream, which I love, and yeah. it's, like, kind of perfect. Also, I don't know if you noticed, the dress she is wearing in her dream, that, like, white one with the belt, mm -hmm. did you notice that Kelly was wearing a white dress with a belt last episode? Oh, when she looked, like, really, like, Hollywood, like, Marilyn? She looked kinda? like Marilyn, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that the same dress? Could have been, and maybe it's... No, the writers aren't that smart. <laughs> I mean, no it way. can't be anything, but, like, I'm sure... It was fine. It was nothing. <laughs> but I noticed it. But, yeah, she's, like... <laughs> when I saw Dean Cain's name in the intro, I was like, oh, my God, he's back. He's already back. No, it was a dream. They misled me. I know. I, I very much believed that we weren't getting a Brenda dream. And then, because I was like, oh, she's actually admitting that she lied to him. And they wouldn't just have Dean Kane for just this one scene. Wait. 
They tricked me. I was going to say, like, with Peter Krause just being in the background of scenes, they would definitely just have Dean Cain for five minutes. Yeah, I don't know. Not even a minute. Yeah, they, they completely fooled me. But I loved that she dreamed she stayed with Rick and called him Dylan and then woke up on the plane and was talking to Donna and said, oh, yeah, I can't wait to get home and see Rick. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. Jesus Christ, Brenda. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, be less obvious, please. And then meanwhile, Dylan is yep. on the beach with Kelly. And I just – I. I'm getting really tired of the argument of like, we're doing something wrong. We're not doing anything wrong. I love you, but it's wrong. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just too much for, I mean, I guess what they're trying to drive home is that Dylan and Kelly have known each other forever, basically. And this is not an, I think they're trying to make it not an, oh, by the way, kind of deal and trying to be like, oh no, actually these people Like, they're meant to be together. They've been, you know, in each other's lives for so long. This is so familiar. This is so whatever. But like we kind of talked about last episode, they're just discrediting everything about Dylan and Brenda up to this point. Like, even even at this point, I think it's becoming more clear that we should be on Team Brenda. And not necessarily because, like, I know they both cheated. They both did. And that's a fact. But... It almost seems like what they're trying to distinguish is that Dylan has real feelings and Kelly has real feelings back and Rick might have real feelings for Brenda and Brenda might have real feelings for Rick, but it honestly seems a little bit more like they both like the attention and they both like flirting. So I feel like they're almost trying to push us to be like, trust me, when Brenda gets back and sees Dylan, she's going to be completely done with Rick and it's all going to be forgotten but Dylan's always going to have Kelly in the back of his mind. So now you have to be team Brenda. I don't know. It just seems like they're trying to push us in one direction. I feel like that too, except I'm picking the direction of team nobody. Like everyone sucks. I hate all of them right now. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, no, definitely. Like I just, ugh, it makes me angry because yeah, they want me to want Dylan and Kelly together. And I do kind of want Dylan and Kelly together, but like, yeah they just keep doing this and then they just keep making the same argument over and over again and then they almost get caught and then they get mad at each other and like I know it's only been three episodes but for some reason it feels like it's been a thousand yeah it's so dragged out and they're not saying anything new they're just repeating themselves constantly when uh Andrea almost catches them and he pretends that Kelly is his friend Kevin I almost wish she had actually caught them. Yeah, like, like keep, like, unraveling this thread. Like, I don't know. No, I do think that would be more interesting. Like, I I think they're going to make it interesting however they end up doing it. But I think it would have been real fun to see, like, you know, first David finds out. Then Andrea finds out. Then Donna finds out. Then Steve finds out. And, like, it slowly backs through all the way to Brenda finding out. And then, mm-hmm. like, it just blows up in everybody's faces. And Brenda's like, well, all of my friends hid this behind my back while my boyfriend and my best friend were fooling around. I just think that would be so interesting. Well, it would certainly make for more drama and definitely more, almost more of a point to it, I guess. 
Because it almost feels like what they're going to do is exactly what's done time and time again, where they only, like, Brenda only finds out because somebody slips or Dylan's really unhappy or whatever. Like, it's the same thing that always happens. Whereas, like, if this kept unraveling and unraveling and more people found out, then it would be worse. And I mean worse in kind of a good way just because of the drama. Because then Brenda would feel betrayed by everyone and not just the two people that she's closest to. And I feel like that's a little bit more compelling than the classic love triangle story. Well, and like, I just, ugh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> it kind of feels like Dylan, like, Mary, I don't remember if you watched New Girl, Caitlin. I know you did. You know the episodes, and this is, I guess, spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen all of the show, um, where Schmidt cheats on Elizabeth and Cece with each other. Yeah. That sounds mm-hmm. vaguely familiar. Yeah. And he's just like, oh, my God, I love them both. Like, I can't – I, I po- couldn't possibly choose. I, I want it to kind of blow up like that at – but I also like the idea of like, yeah, it just like slowly unravels versus like, it feels like Dylan's trying to say like, oh, I love them both. I couldn't possibly choose. I need to be with both of them. And you can't do that. Not without a conversation. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like <laughs> you could do that if all parties were consenting to that arrangement, but that's not what's <laughs> right. happening. You know, what's kind of weird though. Hmm. I was just going to say, like, what's kind of weird is I almost feel like they would both agree to that, like, arrangement or whatever. Like, I don't know. It just almost feels a little weird that, like, both of them don't really seem that torn up about it. Like, Brenda doesn't really seem that torn up about cheating on Dylan. And Dylan certainly doesn't feel torn up about cheating on Brenda. So it almost feels like maybe if they just would have talked to each other about having an open relationship or being polyamorous or whatever... They probably would be cool with it. I feel like if they made this show now, we would have just had a thruple with all of them and it would have been fine. (laughs) No, I was just going to say, like, do you think 1993 Fox is progressive enough for a thruple? And like, it would have made me so happy. I would have loved it. Because like, (laughs) I don't know. It just, it feels like, yeah, Dylan... I don't know. He was weird to me. I couldn't really get a grasp on this episode because, like, when David finds out what time it is and that they'll have landed at the airport, he's like, oh, my God, I have to run. I have to go pick up Donna from the airport. And then, like, Dylan is nowhere to be seen. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, why would he not have gone to pick up Brenda? Sorry. I feel like if the Walshes went and got her, that would be a reason to keep his distance. But... At the same time, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like, it makes sense that the Walshes went to pick her up, but it also would have made sense for Donna's parents to go pick. Like, I don't know. I feel like they came to enough of an agreement before she went to Paris of just, like, we're cool now. Like, she's not going to come back and be like, oh, I'm over Dylan. That was just not going to happen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. I don't know. I guess it makes sense, but it just bothered me that like they they were just like, oh yeah, we can last a little bit longer apart because you know it's gone so well up until now. And then they like they call him and he shows up 
immediately. <laughs> she has time to smoke a cigarette before he gets there. Yeah. The whole the whole timeline and then also like who was allowed to be there and whatever was just like really weird. And there was one other thing I wanted to mention before we keep moving. But so, well, two things really. Number one, I'm like 99% sure all of the Dylan and Kelly scenes at the beach were dubbed because I was watching the yes. episode and I was like, this sounds really weird. And yes, I was thinking it sounded that too. kind of echoey a little. Yeah, so definitely felt dubbed. Um, but then the second thing is like the dialogue that was during the scene. Like, so number one, like Kelly saying ordering that shooting star was a little over the top, like cheesy and not in a good way. But then there was another line where basically like, I don't know, Kelly all of a sudden started feeling like she was the other woman or something. And she was like, what? So I can just go back to school and be the class bimbo again or something like that. Or, or we can we can make love and then I'll be the class bimbo. And then Dylan says something really weird. He was like, how can you use the words make love and bimbo in the same sentence? And I was like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> what what am I supposed to be taking from this? It was just that was actually my quote of the week because I didn't understand it. Yeah, that was I feel like he just completely missed the point because what she's talking about is her perspective on the situation versus the outside perspective. Like she could be making love with Dylan, but other people are just going to say, Oh, she's a hoe. Yeah. Cause because I mean, she like, fucked her friend's boyfriend. Yeah. Cause she is technically the other woman in this scenario. Like it sucks. And like, I think I said it last time, but like, yeah, this is a guy she's had a crush on for forever. Of course she's going to want to go for it. Like, of course, you're going to have these conflicted feelings. But yeah. yeah, if you see it from an outside perspective, or even if you see it from Brenda's perspective, this is wrong. Because actually, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Because I w remember watching that scene and thinking, like, all of Dylan's love is just, like, quote unquote, bad. Like, everyone was against Dylan and Brenda being together and like she rebelled and like went all, all you know almost tore her family apart to be with him and then now Kelly is going around behind her best friend's back to be with him and it's just like it's just hard it's hard to watch yeah that's a really good point I didn't even think about it like that but it's kind of like everything he touches kind of falls apart I mean and not not that it was necessarily perfect to begin with but it's almost like a situation where even if his love is real, it's almost misplaced or it, it continues for the wrong reasons. Like, I mean, because like you said, even with Brenda, like technically he was the quote unquote bad boy and Brenda kind of fell for that. But also like they just kept seeing each other and kept seeing each other and kept seeing each other even after like crap happened. But then with this too, it's like, I almost feel like Dylan wants the wants the drama as weird as that sounds because he's not not drama in the sense of like you know I don't know like weird high school drama he wants like the real drama like give me you know a messed up dad who's in jail a mom who took off and abandoned me give me the fact that I live alone give me a girlfriend who I love and I'll tell you I love her and I'll do anything to be with her I'll even you know get in with her parents and then her dad hates me and I'll still be around and then you go to Paris, Brenda, and you'll be happy. I'm going to get with your best friend. Like, it's like real drama. It's not just the kind of drama that's like, 
oh, well, somebody cheated on my test or like I'm going to shoplift or something. Like it's it's like the real drama. Like, oh, my God. Because that's yeah, that's the thing. Like everything in his life is hard. It's just it's yeah. it's upsetting. It. I don't have a really good other thing to say about it other than it's just hard. Because even when they get to the party and Brenda, like, pulls her parents into the kitchen and is like, you know, why didn't you invite Dylan? I thought we were past this, blah, blah, blah. You know, I really want to see him. Which, by the way, it is nighttime in L.A., which means, like, they basically flew all night Paris time to get home, I would think. And I was just like, they look fresh for having just gotten back from yeah. Paris. <laughs> That's true. It's kind of it's kind of like that thing that we were talking about, like whenever we travel versus how they travel. It's like we're wearing comfy pants, no makeup, like glasses, like we are not doing anything cute. And then like Donna's in like a sundress. <laughs> yeah. No, like they they look fresh, like they're ready to, you know, have this little party at Casa Walsh. Like Brenda is like, oh, I'm so glad everyone's here and not like get the fuck out of my house so I can go take a nap. Like yeah. they don't even like shower or anything. They're just good to go. <laughs> yeah. That makes like no sense at all. It makes no sense to me. Like any length of travel over like an hour. Like I feel disgusting. I need everyone out of here. I'm going to order a sandwich and I'm going to go to bed. Like that is yep. my life. But when, yeah, she, you know, makes these comments about Dylan and Jim and Cindy are like, oh, my God, she didn't raise her voice. Did she actually grow up when she went to Paris? And they immediately call him and he comes over. And even then when he walks in, it's still a little tense between him and Jim and Cindy. Like nothing is easy yeah. for him. Yeah. No, you're so right. I mean, even the handshake was weird. Um and I was almost ex expecting like a West Side Story like brawl to break out, just because it <laughs> just felt the snapping. so weird. Yeah, exactly. It, it, but it was all so weird. And then it like it felt so bad when like Brenda goes upstairs with Kelly to like have her cigarette and put on a different pair of pants or you know whatever she was doing. And like Mary said, she's like, oh, yeah, I almost cheated on Dylan with this guy, but my love for him brought me back. And like, we're going to be stronger than ever. And Kelly is just like, is it hot in here? <laughs> yeah. I need to yeah, leave. Yeah, it was not. It was super uncomfortable. I mean, we all know what this was. Like, it was basically like she was fishing for anything to dig up on Brenda to make her feel less guilty for what she had been doing behind her back. And clearly it did not work. I mean, it started to, but then when Brenda dropped the comment about how her love for Dylan just overshadowed everything. And thank God I wasn't tempted. It was like, homie, you were tempted. You straight up kissed this guy and spent two days with him. Like, come on. You ran after him so that he wouldn't mm -hmm. think that you abandoned him. Exactly. Oh, but I, I loved the part where Brenda and Kelly come down the stairs together and Dylan sees the both of them and looks up and smiles. And it's just like, who are you looking at, Dylan? I mean, and the smiles were so freaking genuine. That's what is killing me about this whole situation is that we are immediately met with how much chemistry Dylan and Brenda have with each other. And yeah, 
maybe Dylan was looking at Kelly. But let's just say for all intents and purposes, he was looking at Brenda, who he hadn't seen in six weeks. And they were so in that moment, very much in love with each other. And like the last six weeks had never happened. And it was tearing me apart because I'm like, dude, what are you doing to this relationship? What are you doing to this friendship? What are you doing to this whole situation? It's bugging me. And I'm sorry, I'll get off my soapbox. No, I mean, you're totally right. Because like, you you can just feel it with Kelly of like, this is this guy that I really like in the last six weeks with him. We've been getting really close. And like, like, just imagine like, oh, you get to make out with this guy every now and then he like, you know, is really sweet with your baby sister and you watch movies together and you fall asleep camping on the beach together in each other's arms and all of this stuff. And then the next day you have to see him with another girl. And not just any other girl, but your best friend. Yeah. So like you had all these really good feelings and like seeing him fills you with all of this like joy. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I forgot I'm a bimbo. I am fairly certain that like Kelly's going to be the one to take all the heat for this. Like Dylan's going to get broken up with, but he's still going to get Kelly. Kelly's going to lose her best friend. Yeah, I've seen way too many teen dramas to know how this ends. And it certainly is going to end with Kelly being the one that gets all of the shame, all of the guilt, all of the blame, all of it. And honestly, like when I was typing out my notes and watching the scene unfold, I was like, this is horrible. Why do they have to do this? And then I had a thought, I was like, how am I on Team Kelly? Because I am like, I... I mean, I'm, I still think I'm on team nobody, like if we really think about it, but in a way, I think it's because like you just said, like she's going to receive all the brunt of this. She's going to get all the backlash. I'm kind of like, well, shit, like she can't win in this situation. It is a completely lose-lose situation for her, no matter, like as soon as she and Dylan kissed, everything was over for her and I just feel bad for her. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, there is no way that this is going to end up okay for her. And it really sucks. So was this the scene? I feel like a lot happened. So it's after the party when they go back to Kelly's house where, you know, David and his dad now live with them. And Kelly is so concerned that, like, anybody caught on to her and Dylan, like, having, you know, any sort of tension, I guess. But all I could think of was that David did not have to have his shirt open, but that Brian Austin Green must have gotten abs during the off season and was just like, y'all, trust me on this. Yeah. That's all I like, took out of that whole scene. Like, I know it was really emotional because I remember Kelly, like, looking at herself in the mirror, but I just, I just thought yeah, Brian no, Austin Green. I mean, like, I grew up it partially, like, halfway, like, with my dad and my stepbrother is only nine months younger than me. So we were like teenagers at the same time. And then my older brother, um, when I was with my mom, he was like five and a half years older than me. So it's like, I grew up with another boy in the house for the majority of my life. And especially my childhood, no, none of my brothers would ever come into my room with his shirt, just like chilling open. Like, cause this almost took me back to like, psychopath David where he still has a crush on Kelly and he still wants to like impress Kelly and make him think or make her think that he's hot or something and I'm just like 
Yeah, even if you did, like, like I'm trying to think, even if one of my brothers had, like, gotten out of the shower, like, if I wanted to go talk to them or they were going to come to talk to me, they would at least be in the process of, like, buttoning up a shirt or putting a shirt on, not leaving one wide open for you to see what's going on. Yeah, no, this was to show off his body, and it was really distracting. Yeah, it was weird. It took it took away from, like, what the scene was supposed to be, honestly. <laughs> Sorry, Brian Austin Green. No, exactly, because that was the thing. It was, like, the only reason I'm noticing this is because Brian Austin Green is, like, entering the Brian Austin Green stage. Like, I know, like, he had a glow up last season, and, like, it's really hitting home hard this season. And, like, mm-hmm. he's still David. I can't. I do not find him attractive. Yeah. Not currently, at least. You, yeah, you can't unsee it. <laughs> <laughs> no, you really can't. Like, especially this. Like, yeah, I'm just picturing him, like, showing up into Kelly's room with his shirt mostly unbuttoned and just, like, arm up against the doorpost and being like, why are you so concerned about Dylan right now? Ugh. Ugh. Ew. No. <laughs> I, I just... Like, why? Why would you do this? Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. And this like, was yeah, a just... weird, weird episode. Poor Kelly. Well, at least at this point, we're getting to the beach, and this is when, like, Andrea is with the children again, and I realize that she's so good with the kids because she's old enough to be a mother, <laughs> and <laughs> Dylan is wearing big pants, shorts, things. They're They're massive. Um, and it's the last day of summer, so now we're all going to make sandcastles, and apparently everyone's in on it, and apparently everyone is really good at making sandcastles. I was thinking about this. Nate would have loved this if we would, like were part of a beach club, and Nate could enter a contest to do sandcastles and have the right tools to actually build a legit sandcastle. My God, he would love it. And Yeah, because I was looking at this, and I was like, there is no way that Brandon and Brooke, just the two of them, where Brandon's, like, still actually working during the day, that they have the time to make a boat. (laughs) Yeah, or anything of substance. Well, and especially because every time they're together, they literally just, like, fall over each other making out. Literally. And this just just reminds me of how much I hate how uh Brandon kisses women and like what he does with his hands and like how he like kind of like grabs them by the scruff of the neck or like I don't know it's aggressive like "Mm." it's so aggressive and it's just and then you add in the fact that Brooke is a racist and it ugh man (laughs) well and like sorry as for the move I feel like it has its place but not every time yeah not at work yeah. Yes. Definitely yes. not at work. He is in his uniform at the beach club where like the patrons know him and he's just like <laughs> with this girl just on her. Also only like 10 feet away from children. It's so, yeah, yeah, you would think Andrea would just be like, Mm-mm, stop that. Spray him with a water <laughs> bottle. <laughs> like Andrea knows when to bring sexual tension in and she's just like, not right now go away yeah this is not the time or the place in front of the right people please stop well and then like dylan gets all over brenda too like this is just Mm -hmm. this is a very sexual episode apparently but like castles are sexy apparently (laughs) (laughs) because yeah they want to make what they want to make 
country of France? How is that going to win? Yeah, they apparently want to make something of France. Like, they, they're like, oh, Rick, our tour guide. Wait, who's Rick? Uh, And then that's Oh, my when, gosh. Yeah, Brenda lies about who Rick is. Yeah, I was, oh, my goodness. Brenda, you're still <laughs> thinking about him. But, like, they went, I guess this was, like, an uh, all-girls immersion class. Like, why couldn't she just be like, oh, yeah, he was a guy that we met in Paris done yeah you don't have just, to lie I just don't think she like would have even gotten there like it was totally like obvious obviously it was like a total fumble moment where she was just like a tour guide but like even yeah it was weird though because it seemed like there were only girls even though at the parties we saw girls and guys but maybe that's just because we saw like you know maybe it was like a like a dorm situation where it was like one floor is ladies and then the next floor is dudes and Whatever, but yeah, yeah, she should have just said, like, oh, he was just in the immersion group. He was part of our group, whatever. But nope, she said it, tour guide. Yeah, no, it was just weird. There's a lot of lying and scheming and Mm -hmm. weird stuff in this episode. Yeah, because that's also when Dylan mentioned, like, when um, Mel and Jackie and David and Kelly all come up and they've got Aaron and... Brenda's like, you know, saying hello to the baby and, and Dylan's like, I don't even remember what comment he makes, but Brenda's like, wait, you, you know her? You're, or you, I forget what. Yeah. She says like, you know her. Yeah. And I'm like, um, yeah. (laughs) Like, yeah. even, Even if he hadn't like babysat with Kelly, just the two of them, I mean, they make Beverly Hills seem like a small town by how much everyone knows everyone and especially in this friend group and, and the parents and all that. So it like doesn't seem like it would be that shocking. But I honestly think at this point, because Brenda was like made that flub about Rick, I, I think she's just more insecure about what Dylan did over the summer and that he hasn't really talked about it, that she's probably like, wait a minute, how do you know this baby? Who? What? <laughs> when? How do you know this girl? Tell me and everything. He- yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, no, that totally makes sense to me of, like, they haven't really talked in the last six weeks. And then basically since she's been back, all they've been doing is making out, which, like, I guess in my mind felt kind of normal. But, yeah, he's not saying anything of what he did. And I guess, yeah, when he gets a little mysterious like this, like, I guess cause for concern, especially knowing that she did something and she's like well if I did something he must have that's how they write this story well yeah and I think usually Dylan is so upfront about everything because we know that he's you know pretty evolved and he's pretty honest and I mean like even with like his addiction and just everything that he's that has happened with his dad and his and his mom and like all that kind of stuff so I wonder if it was coupled with like Brenda's insecurity just that like wait a minute Dylan really hasn't told me anything about what happened like he usually, you know, is pretty open about stuff. So, you know, maybe he's not telling me something. But also, like, to your point about saying how it might be a little bit normal that they've been making out so much, I do feel like they make out a lot, but not this much. Like, I just feel like this was a total, like, way of overcompensating on Dylan's part to, like, reinforce that, Oh no, it's Brenda that he loves, not Kelly. And I'm going to prove it to you, myself, and everyone else. I just wonder 
if Brenda would have caught on to that because do you remember I think it was the last episode that they both like kind of strayed a little bit and kissed other people when they got to Dylan's house and she it was like usually as soon as we walk through the door you're like all over me and now you're trying to give me a sandwich (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) I wonder if she would have picked up on this or just been like, oh, yeah, this is like the level of making out I've been wanting. I mean, I'm not trying to say that Brenda didn't enjoy it or want it, but yeah, I mean, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. It's something I just thought of, so I have no idea if it has any merit or anything. Well, I guess we'll find out. I mean, if it keeps happening and and they keep... You know, like they go into school and and this continues. I mean, something's got to give. Like we're probably going to, like I said last episode, I think we're going to have like this episode and then the reveal is going to be next episode. And if it's not next episode, it's the one after because I don't think like I don't think Kelly can keep it in. I don't really think Dylan's going to be able to stop seeing Kelly. And I think somebody else is going to find out. So it's going to have to like come out. Oh, yeah. I mean, I I think. Kelly's not going to be able to handle Brenda and Dylan making out so much right in front of her. So something's going to happen. For sure. For sure. Yeah. But I mean, I guess chronologically right after that is just Brooke. The absolute worst. She sucks so bad. And like, I just, (laughs) I was thinking about this. So Brooke and Emily Valentine are, I think, the only two girls that Brandon's liked that have stuck around for more than one episode. Am I right? That sounds right to me. Yeah, I think you are right, actually. Okay. So the girls of the week that he gets are, like, incredibly intelligent, adult women, driven, like, essentially professional athletes. Like, all of this stuff. They're so great. You know – personality wise we love them the girls he actually has relationships with end up just being the messiest bitches he could have found (laughs) i mean you're not wrong you're not wrong at all right because like we loved emily at first and then we just found out like oh wait a minute like this is a mess this is an absolute mess she tried to commit arson over brandon (laughs) oh my god not worth it girl I know that's the other thing and then in this one like Brooke is attached like she is like a stage five clinger and every time he tries to walk away from her she's like did I tell you I hate black people (laughs) yeah does that work also like what's so weird is it almost seems like she his she is his match when it comes to how they like to kiss when it comes to the weird hand placements, Dylan was like nomming on her arm and she was like in love with it. And like, I did I say Dylan? I meant Brandon. I think I said you Dylan. did. And I was sitting here being like, when did Dylan do that? My bad. My bad. Um, but like, seriously, like all of Brandon's weird kinks, I feel like Brooke is into, but then Brandon decides to be like, Hey, I'm actually a liberal. And what you're saying is horrible. I'm like, Interesting. This is very well, interesting that Brandon took is a him liberal. long enough, though. Yeah, no, and you're I right. My favorite part of it is like every time she talks shit about someone, it's like someone that's actually had a bunch of hardship. And Brandon's like, "Well, I need to tell you all of their personal information to prove why you're wrong." 
like she makes a comment about you know how let henry earn his money for a change henry can't be fired because he's black and he's like well for your information when he's not working really hard here he's working hard rebuilding his life because of looters that burned his shop down i just feel like they had didn't he put up a sign oh my god oh i hate her so much she's terrible no i wrote down everything she said and then i was like i don't think i can repeat some of this like it just makes me so mad but like did y'all notice that of you know she was making comments about henry and rather than him just being like you shouldn't be racist against black people he was like let me tell you why henry specifically is a good person yeah and then she's really like you know anti-semitic against andrea he's like well let me tell you how andrea doesn't have a lot of money yeah, I mean, I guess on the one hand, like, he could only, like, to pr- to maybe drive his point home, he was trying to give her, like, real life, you know, or, I mean, she already brought it up, so she he was probably just trying to, like, write that wrong, but yeah, he probably could have easily been a little bit more like, well, in general, all of these people are human beings, and no one deserves to be discriminated against, and what do you think they're going to say about you if you talk about them like this? Yeah, I mean, I think that was the thing that got me. It was, like, he could just say, like, stop being racist versus, like, I have to tell you exactly why you being racist against this one person is wrong. Right, That just felt weird to me. No, it definitely did. It also really does not feel like his business to just be telling her all of this stuff. Like, Andrea especially does not want people to know that she doesn't live in Beverly Hills. So don't just go be telling this girl. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean... Yeah, why is she still here? No, he's she sucks. And I thought it was really interesting that every time she would say something terrible and you get really pissed off and try and leave her, like, I think this is, like, a mix of things that both of you have said where, like, Mary said in her synopsis, like, she would just turn around and be like, but wait, I'm actually a really good person. And, like, Caitlin, you've said that Brandon just kind of clings to the most recent truth that someone has told him she says something terrible and he's like, you can't say things like that. I'm so mad at you. And she's like, no, I'm a good person. And he's like, you're a good person. Let's make out. (laughs) It's like, Oh wait, you're right. Yeah. No, that's like, he just kind of got over it until the next thing she said. Cause yeah, you would think like she said the things about Henry and then he got mad at her and then he forgave her and she came to shut corn with him. Then she said the thing about like why didn't he just put up a sign in his storefront? And I think she said something at this point of like they're all against us and at some point they're going to show up here. Oh my god. And then he forgives her again. Like Yeah, it's just it's just all bad. Like I mean, and honestly like I forgot that this was the time of, you know, the 90s when all all of these riots were happening and like a lot of the like race um race wars and and just all of that drama and just horrible horrible stuff happened but I'm like I felt like they could have really done a good job but I mean this is like the story the story of Beverly Hills right like they take a situation where they have a really good opportunity to bring up something in a very like specific way in a very smart way but what they do is they actually bring it to an extreme rather than educating people on why this extreme is bad it's like they have a really good opportunity to like address what's going on what's going on in the in the current 
world at the time, but do it in a way that's like an empathetic way, not a, the only way you can understand this is if you're racist or if you're like one extreme or over or other, gosh, one extreme or the other. And I just feel like that's kind of what Beverly Hills does. Like with, we've talked about this a thousand times, but Brenda not having sex, like that was a punishment, you know, like the DUI situation. It wasn't a punishment when it should have been, you know, the, the Ash family, like this was another good opportunity. Like even the, the basketball situation, like they have such great opportunities and they clearly have really good, like people to play these parts and they just take it the complete wrong way. Yeah. I mean, this is, you know, another example of Brandon getting what could be a political storyline and then it just goes weird and you're just like, man, I really wish this hadn't happened this way. We'll we'll get there when we get there, I guess, because I have more to say about this. Like after this, there's like a bunch of the really weird, like tiny subplots of like Cameron's missing again. And like Mary said, he just goes back to his mom's place and like the deaf kid walks away and then you can't be like he can't hear you when you're calling for him we get it i'm done with it and i mean luckily the show's done with it too because it's the end of summer and we're never going to see him again well but what's crazy is like yeah we all know we're not going to see him again what's crazy to me is that we have had so many one-time episode characters you know in in the first two seasons why did they have to like who they're choosing to make extended episodes for like including um Brooke and um Cameron I mean I would re- much rather have Jay um Peter Krause on board but they're picking just weird not necessarily people but just weird storylines that they're gravitating to and grasping onto and being like yeah 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 let's keep talking about this let's let's use this as filler you know beside the main point and or uh main plot but they could have had so many other good characters stick around longer than the ones that they're choosing. Well, and it it does really feel like this is the story that they're giving Andrea this episode. And that's not fair. Like, I think, yeah. it, like you've said, it would have been much more interesting if Jay was still around or like anytime we saw her, she'd be like, oh, I just have a few minutes. I can run and call Jay because we have this schedule and he's going to tell me everything about the Republican convention and, you know, whatever. Like, there were more interesting things they could have done with her and they're relegating her to just babysitting a deaf kid. Like mm-hmm. I hate to put it that way cause it feels rude, but that's literally all she's doing. She just keeps saying like, I can't handle all of these children. Brandon, please help me. Brandon, please be a white knight and come save me and help me find this kid. And then the other like side storyline is Steve desperately trying to get, David a spot to play at the beach club for the clam bake or whatever and just like literally throwing money at the problem like this is what Steve is going to be for the rest of his life (laughs) you know it I mean Steve's going to end up being a businessman of some sort and it's going to be great because he he will give his money to the wrong person and he'll get screwed over but he'll learn a lesson and realize that he really is good at like good with people so I I don't remember what happens to Steve (laughs) because I'm learning. I don't remember hardly anything about this show, but what I do know is that Steve is probably one of the most charismatic people on the show. So he's going to, he's going to be just fine, but he is going to have to like get a big wake up call when it comes to his money though. 
I thought I thought it was so funny that he paid the band that Henry booked like their fee so that they wouldn't show up so he could earn 10% of whatever they're going to pay David. <laughs> That's it what makes- got me. It's, it doesn't make any sense. It's so dumb. I feel like Steve is just mostly trying to save face with David of all people. It just yeah. doesn't. I don't get it. No, he's like definitely ingratiating himself with David, which I'm just like, I don't care. Because like he has no history being in the music business, Steve. And yeah, like the guy is unpacking the van and is like, you can't afford to get rid of us. And Steve's just like, try me. Like, you're you're throwing way too much money at this problem. Move on. Yeah, seriously. Like, what if he said a million dollars? And the thing is, like, what is David doing that's going to get him seen by anybody? Absolutely yeah. nothing. So, like, yeah. this isn't hurting anybody if Steve doesn't make this happen. Right. This is, like, no big deal whatsoever. And, yeah, David would fire him, but, like, so? Yeah, like, they're just going to end up exactly where they started. Yeah, Steve doesn't like David. <laughs> I don't understand this. It's, no, this is the thing is, I have so much trouble with this. I'm like, stop trying to make David happen. I don't want it to happen. The kids just need like, to get back to school. Like, let's be real. The summer is <laughs> they where, need structure. Yeah, the summer is where all the shit happens, all the drama happens, and we end up not liking the episodes. So these kids, the only thing we've, like, not bitched about has been Hot Steve's summer. And don't get me wrong, it's great, but we cannot sustain this for <laughs> a whole season. We need school. Hot Steve's school year. Yes. I'm Hot for Steve. it. Senior year, school year. There's no point to anything. Oh, I remember I looked up to see if this writer wrote any more episodes, and she only did this one, but she is credited as the creator of, like, three different CSIs. Oh, no. (laughs) That's why the story's terrible. Don't get me wrong. Procedurals have their place, and I am all for people liking what they like, but that is a big change. Going from this the, to that, oof. The, the thing is, she's credited with the bad CSIs. She's got CSI <laughs> Miami and CSI Cyber. Oh, of course she does. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. So Sorry, that was just a thing. So I think, like, one of the last, um, one of the last scenes, not the last scene, but basically, like, Brenda and Dylan are just, like, laying on the beach together. And this was from the promo, um, too. Brenda, like, actually admits to Dylan about Rick, which I was a little surprised by, but also, like, that does, I mean, I was surprised, but at the same time, I feel like Brenda, even though she's lied to her parents a bunch, she hasn't really lied to Dylan, and so maybe she wanted to do a little bit of, like, I need to get this off my chest so I'm not, it's not weighing on me, and also, I think this is probably going to get you to reveal if you did anything, you know, over the summer, because I'm telling you a secret so you're going to tell me a secret but before I get your comment because I know you're going to say something um this is a podcast after all but (laughs) this had very like Kristen and Steven vibes on Laguna Beach oh my god yes like you know when Steven leaves for college or whatever and like it's like the night before he has to leave and they just like go to the beach and like Kristen's all sad and, and oh my god it's like one of the best scenes in the whole show 
but it's just so cute. And then it gave me, yeah, like, so I had big, big vibes with Kristen and Steven from, from the scene. So go on. <laughs> so one thing about this scene is that it kind of mirrors what happened last summer when Brenda was like, hey, while, while you were in Hawaii, I hit on my teacher. And then he didn't tell her anything. And Brenda had just found out a couple weeks ago that that summer he had brought another girl to Mexico. Oh, I forgot about that. I forgot so about that, too. So this, like, again, she's coming clean about what she's doing when she's apart from him. And he's not, come like, he's not telling her. But the other thing I wanted to say about that scene is, like, the entire time I was just, like, rooting for them to just break up because I'm sick of this. Wow. Oh, my God. I like y'all have both just very succinctly said what I said in my notes very badly. <laughs> I was like, "Oh my god, what?" <laughs> I I know instinctively that when I wrote that down, I meant she's telling him about Rick, but she wants him <laughs> to be like, "Oh, I'm so glad you said that so that I can tell you about my thing." And then they would just like break up with each other like why didn't Dylan take this opportunity to be like I can't with this anymore every time we're apart and even if we're not apart we're so tempted to cheat on each other and like this is just on like this is too far and I'm so sorry but I think this is like we need to call it before senior year starts and instead he just like he's just like well are you done with that and then just starts like nomming on her neck and then just lay down to make out some more because that's all anybody does. Ew. Teenagers, man. I hated it. I was Damn literally teenagers. Like, I was like literally yelling at my screen watching this scene. I was just like, break up. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously. Yeah. Break up. They've already thrown this relationship in the trash. So you might as well just like put us all out of our misery here. I mean, I guess to be fair, like you can't give the creator of CSI, the episode where they break up. <laughs> no, uh, we need a Rosen on that one. Yeah, give me Karen Rosen here. Come on. Ooh, yes. I'm gonna look and see when they're they're credited with the next episode, and I'm gonna put money on the fact that that's when they break up. <laughs> it's gonna be my my hot take for season three. Wow. Oh Ooh, Karen Rosen is in two episodes. Ooh. Yeah. She's my favorite. Yeah, she's, she's I mean, a good that's one. that's gotta be it. Um, she's, she's coming. Yeah, I mean, besides all of this, like, the gang kind of gets back together to talk about school, and they cheers with water, and they just talk about how they're going to be on top of the school because of senior year, and then, I don't know if y'all caught it, but I think Donna said something, um, like, I can't believe the summer's over, and then Brenda says, yeah, but we'll always have Paris which is a line from Casablanca, which obviously makes Dylan look wistfully away and think, oh my God, I watched that movie with Kelly when we were cheating behind your back. And then he goes to see Kelly. And he used that line on Kelly. I know. Well, and, and then Kelly tried to use that line on him and he's like, that's not funny anymore. Yeah. I'm like, dude. It's like, oh, it's only funny when you say it? Fuck dude. you. Yeah, chill out, Dylan. Ugh. And then, okay, so I have like kind of one more thing other than that because it was with Brandon when he's like so he's cleaning up and Steve comes up and is like oh I heard that you broke up with Brooke and Brandon's like yep she's all yours man without mentioning that she is a racist pile of garbage yeah like, like what? what 
Like, he's such a bad friend. He's Talk a bad, shit about this friend. bitch, Brandon. I wanted him to so badly. And then the idea that he's like, oh, I'm done with her. You can have my leftovers. Ugh. Like, I f- he just, he does not value his friends. And then when Kelly comes up and they're talking to each other about, like, how their summers weren't that great or whatever they were saying. And he's like, the trip I didn't take, the job I had to, and the perfect girl that didn't work out for me or whatever he says. Like... Man, he is—he uh, is so great at being like, I can't believe I didn't get to go to Paris. Yeah, don't like, ask me to go to Mexico. Well, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe I should just get a DUI and then I'll go to Paris. Oh my god! Oh my god! Could you imagine if he got another DUI and the parents were like, "How do we? How do we fix this?" Italy. <laughs> <laughs> we're not wrong. The Walshes no. do not know how to deal with their problems. They just sent Brenda to Paris because they were having a problem with her. Exactly. And to be fair, every time they were having problems with Brandon, they threw money at his car. Like, I feel like if you looked at the price difference between Brandon getting his car out of impound and having the engine rebuilt and Brenda getting the, like, six weeks in Paris, they're probably not that far off. Jim is an accountant. So <laughs> he, is he definitely did that math. He's balancing the books. He's got, like, a liability account for Brenda and a liability account for Brandon. He's like, as long as these two are equal on my piece of paper, I've done what I'm supposed to. He's got twin equity. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, that's it. Like, yeah, he, like, nose kisses Kelly, which I just hate. I hate it so much. Nose kisses are not cute. They're not cute at all. It needs to stop. And then, yeah, everyone, like, gets together at the end, except for Kelly. And then somehow Dylan is able to, like, just get out of there to go talk to Kelly by himself. And they have the, like, clearly dubbed over conversation that's just a repeat of the conversation we have had every single episode two to three times. Yep. And, I mean, that's that's it. Yep. Brooke sucks. Dylan sucks. Unfortunately, Kelly sucks. Literally, they all sucked. They all sucked. I know. I was, like, going through the list, and I was like, who doesn't suck? I guess technically... Donna! Yeah, Donna Donna. didn't do anything. David didn't really do anything. Not in this episode. I feel like Cindy was the only one to make, like, a smart comment, because she told Jim, like, well, if it's not going to be Dylan, it's just going to be some other boy, so at least we know he loves her. Yeah, I mean, she. That's what you think. (laughs) I know. Oh my god! If if she doesn't go mama bear on Dylan, which is like you know absolutely not her place, and I'll totally be okay if this doesn't actually happen. But I feel like she should just be like, Dylan, I did so much for you. Yeah, and you did this to me. Like she's not mad. She's disappointed. Exactly. I would be so disappointed and quite frankly hurt if I was Cindy because like she gave him the benefit of the doubt always. Yeah, over and over and over again. I mean, yeah. except for that and time she, where Yeah. You know. Yeah. But that's neither here nor there. Yeah, we don't want to talk about so, that one. Ugh. I mean, yeah, do y'all have anything else? Like we already nah. got your quote of the week. Mm-hmm. I don't have any more notes. So what'd you grade it? I gave it a terrible grade. Well, and just like the terrible um, alliteration because it's not really one. But it's a C minus 
for castles, comma, sand. Yeah. Bad. <laughs> oh, I don't know if I want to give it a C or a D. I gave it a C minus because I was like, you know. I like it. Split it is the difference. I'm going to yeah. split the difference. I'm going to give it a C minus. And I'm going to give it a C minus. You already said castles. Um, <laughs> ugh, I don't know. It's just a bad episode. Ooh, I got one for you. Ooh, okay. C minus for categorically racist. Ooh, I like that. I'm taking that. You can't have that one. That's fine. <laughs> like this, it would be a lot easier if anybody in this cast did not have a B or a D name. I know, right? There's so Why many you... B's and D's. Ugh, yeah, okay. We need some more letters. <laughs> well, what's uh, what's next week? Uh, next week, we have season three, episode seven, "Song of Myself." And it's the beginning of senior year. That's not the title. That's not part of the title, but it is the beginning of senior year. And I, for one, can't wait. Hey, this this one came out on my birthday. Oh, this this aired on my birthday when you were a little baby, two year old, just a little teeny baby. What was I doing on my second birthday? Obviously, watching Beverly Hills nine hundred two one zero. I mean, obviously. <laughs> No, because my sister would have been 10. My brother would have been 12. So there was probably no Beverly Hills going on in our house. Mm, just missed the cut, probably. Just missed the cut. And, you know, that was a day of celebration. So we weren't just sitting down to watch Beverly Hills. Obviously. No, we had to celebrate me that day. <laughs> oh, <sighs> But, yeah, that's that's about it for that episode. Yeah. So... Until next week, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Back2Podcast. Yep, and you can also send us an email. We love emails. We would love to get more emails. And since you're all in quarantine right now, you can do that and not feel <laughs> like you forgot about it. Because guess what? You've got the time. Um, and that email address is Back2Podcast at gmail.com. That's B-A-C-K-T-O podcast at gmail.com. And I promise you, we do check this email. We have seen the emails that we have gotten. We just haven't done anything about them i'm so sorry yeah we need we will, to though yeah we're gonna get better about that <laughs> yeah because we also have nothing to do so we're gonna catch up on that we'll catch up on our correspondence yes yes all of our correspondence don't forget to also give us a five-star rating and leave us a review on itunes um and we'll also catch up on that correspondence and <laughs> shout you out on the episode um and just make sure to give us those reviews and ratings because we want more folks to find us. And that is the easiest and quickest way for people to find us. Also, yeah. it makes us happy. It does that make too. us very happy. So, yeah, I mean, I guess that's it. From all of us at Back to Podcast, I'm Ariel. I'm Caitlin. I'm Mary. Bye. Bye. See you.